WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The Curious Kids Museum is seeking to acquire ownership of its building in downtown St. Joseph. Speaking to St. Joe City Commissioners last night, Museum Director Lori Marciniak said, as the museum looks at repairs needed from a July fire, the idea of buying the building from the city makes more sense. She told us ownership would help with making improvements. Donors have come to us and said, you know, we really want to support this project, but we would prefer that you own the building. The donation then goes to Curious Kids Museum, and in the long run, we get the value of that money for many years. Marciniak says the idea of acquiring the building from the city has been around for a while, but it became clear somewhat recently that would be the preferred course. We have a lot on our plate trying to raise money to get new exhibits and things, and so did we want to add that? Well, once we talked to a couple donors, we realized we really need to pursue that. The city owns the Civil War-era building and leases it to the museum. City Manager John Hodgson said last night, due to insurance rules, the city will need to remain the building's owner while some of the repairs are made. However, Marciniak told us beyond that, the museum is interested in expanding and modernizing exhibit space. Commissioners said they're not opposed to the idea of selling the building to the museum necessarily, but they need more information. The first step is for the building to be appraised. St. Joe City Commissioners have signed off on the final phase of a maintenance project for the Howard Trail Pedestrian Bridge over the CXX railroad tracks. At last night's meeting, St. Joe Department of Public Works Director Greg Grothaus told commissioners the bridge, opened in 2002, has been receiving its first major work each year since 2020. First, they repaired the parts of the bridge that are not directly over the railroad tracks. He told us now comes the part over the tracks. The contractor will come in and remove all the decking across the span that crosses the railroad tracks and what we're calling uh, spans two and four. So they'll remove all the decking on those and then they will clean. And by clean, what we mean is they'll they'll remove all the pack rust, sandblast it, basically to bare steel and allow the oxidation process of this steel to take place and essentially protect the bridge for the future. Grothaus told commissioners the bridge needs the maintenance sooner than it might have otherwise due to city staff having salted it in the winters for several years. They weren't supposed to do that and no longer are doing so. Either way, the bridge now needs sandblasting and other work. Phase 3, the final phase, will cost around $330,000 and starts in February or March. Grothaus noted due to the work being done over the tracks, the city needs several permits from CSX and crews will frequently have to stop work. He told commissioners once the work is done, it should be decades before the pedestrian bridge will need any more. A development that will include 60 new homes and a trail system is in the works in downtown Bridgman. Southwest Michigan Regional Chamber President Arthur Havlicek told us uh, that uh, developer Lannert Group has big plans for a 25-acre piece of property off Lake and Church Streets. He says the landowners along the site came together in support of the idea. Key was Connie Babcock, who owns the largest piece of the property. We simply connected a passionate property owner here in Bridgman with a talented local developer and pitched what turned out to be a shared vision for a development. Havlicek says there is demand for affordable housing in Berrien County. This proposal is intended to address that issue, meaning it's not just luxury homes for Chicago residents. The portion of this development that is going to be residential is going to be catered mostly to single individuals, young couples just starting out, empty nesters, folks who are essentially looking for something to either start or to downsize to. The site is now largely wooded, and Havlicek says the trail system and vision for the property will remain that way. 
The plan is to connect the high school, the middle school, and the elementary school with the trails. The Bridgman City Council was filled in on the plans last night, and Havlicek says the developer will seek a planned unit development permit for the project. He notes Bridgman just recently approved a planned unit development ordinance, making all this possible. Berrien County 911 Dispatch is working to fill some remaining vacancies after a year of post-pandemic staffing shortages. Berrien County 911 Administrator Caitlin Samsil tells us they've been getting more applications lately, but they still have to be resourceful to make sure the county is covered. We have six vacancies in our staff, and then we have a number of people who are in training. And unfortunately, while they are in training, they do not count towards our minimum staffing levels that we have to meet. Samsel says the county handles dispatcher training in-house, but it takes a while to get new hires up to speed. That's resulted in dispatchers getting more overtime and having some trouble getting time off. Still, with more trainees in the pipeline, the situation is improving. We've gotten to a point now where our staffing levels have risen a bit. We've gotten more people trained, and now we're pushing people back into the second round of training to get all the way trained up to the full dispatcher level. Samsell says applications are being taken for dispatch positions now. She says someone with a calm demeanor who can communicate clearly would be a good candidate. To qualify, an applicant must pass a background check and a typing test. Anyone interested in learning more can apply at the county's website. An open house will be held next month for a 17-mile transmission line improvement project planned by Indiana-Michigan Power between Buchanan and Bridgman. Spokesperson Corey Olenkamp tells us the company is planning to replace equipment and build a new substation. This is going to require around 20-ish miles of transmission line rebuild, which there's a few things that go into that. A lot of the infrastructure that's there are old wooden poles, and we're going to be replacing those. Olenkamp says the area between Bridgman and Buchanan requires a lot of attention due to the infrastructure being old. The open house for the planned work will be December 6th. There's not really a formal presentation with them. It's more of a chance for people to come in at any time. They can take a look at our maps, talk to project representatives, and really kind of figure out what's going on if they've got questions or concerns. The open house will be from 5 to 7 p.m. at Lehman's Orchard on Red Bud Bud Trail in Buchanan on December 6th. Anyone can stop by and ask questions. Olenkamp notes the $62 million INM project isn't slated to start until 2026, but it's best for people to don't know now. The project is expected to be finished in the summer of 2027. And the city of South Haven will apply for a Michigan Department of Natural Resources SPARK grant for $276,000 to help fund the Kids Corner Park Improvement Project. Public Works Director Bill Hunter told the City Council last night it's due to construction costs rising from what had been budgeted. When we applied actually for our our grant funding back in 2018, we applied for $550,000. Well, $550,000 fast forward to 2022 is not the same. We're looking at construction prices increases of over 30 to 35 percent. He says that they could do it for 550000 but... You're going to have a much smaller structure than what you see right now. The wooden structure will be replaced by a composite structure built to last for decades. Hunter says the wooden structure there now is about 20 years old and needs to be replaced. He added the discussions about making renovations have been going on since 2014. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg Report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. 
The Biden administration is once again extending the pause on federal student loan payments. More if maybe sees Karen Travers. President Biden says his administration is extending the pause on federal student loan payments for potentially up to six months, no later than June 30th, 2023, while legal challenges to his student debt relief program make their way through the court system. It isn't fair to ask tens of millions of borrowers eligible for relief to resume their student debt payments while the courts consider the lawsuit. The president says he is, quote, completely confident that his student debt relief plan is legal. He says loan payments will restart 60 days after this next pause ends. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. The U.S. Supreme Court today cleared the way for a congressional committee to access former President Donald Trump's tax returns. More from ABC's Aaron Katursky. Without comment, the U.S. Supreme Court rejected former President Trump's request to block six years of his tax returns from the House Ways and Means Committee, which he said only wants to make them public. The committee said it is investigating the IRS audit program, a legitimate legislative purpose. The committee's initial request came in 2019, but the committee has effectively only until the new year to do anything with the tax records because the new Republican led Congress is unlikely to continue the investigation. Police say a man was arraigned today on charges that he was reckless when he crashed his SUV through the front window of an Apple store in Massachusetts. Monday's crash southeast of Boston killed one person and injured several others. 53-year-old Bradley Rain was arraigned this morning. He told police his right foot got stuck on the accelerator. The court entered not guilty pleas on his behalf to charges of motor vehicle homicide by reckless operation and reckless operation of a motor vehicle. The person who died has been identified as 65-year-old Kevin Bradley of New Jersey. Apple says he was supporting recent construction at the store. In Washington, there are growing concerns about a possible rail workers strike that could come next month. Tensions are rising after one of the country's largest rail unions rejected a five-year labor deal the Biden administration helped to broker. ABC's Justin Finch says the White House is watching closely. The White House already preparing and planning for all possible outcomes and urging rail unions and rail companies to negotiate in good faith. If no deal is struck, a rail work stoppage could come as soon as December 5th. This would bring new supply chain disruptions. ABC's Rebecca Jarvis says that could cost the U.S. economy $2 billion daily. It would all happen right around the holidays where so many people are ordering things online hoping to transport. Goods. But the U.S. trucking and ground transport industries would struggle to fill that gap. Justin Finch, ABC News, Washington. Preliminary charges were handed down this week to the suspect accused of opening fire at an LGBTQ club in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Five people died in the shooting. More than two dozen were hurt. ABC News has learned the suspect was able to purchase a weapon that might have been used in the shooting despite an incident last year in which he was arrested for making a bomb threat. Police have said it's not clear whether Colorado's red flag laws would have stopped the alleged shooter from getting his weapons. More from ABC's Josh Margolin, who says the 2021 incident was dismissed by police. Even if it was dismissed, even if it was legitimate to dismiss the charges, that doesn't preclude law enforcement from going to the court and saying, look, we have somebody who's acting out, somebody who's acting violently, who's... uh, thinking violent thoughts, who has gone down a rabbit hole, who has psychiatric problems, which are terrible. And and nobody is saying that somebody who has psych problems shouldn't get the help that they deserve. You know, and that that's what red fl- that's what red flag laws are there for. Officials in Ukraine could be facing rolling blackouts through March because Russian airstrikes have caused what they call colossal damage to the power grid. To cope with the harsh winter, authorities are urging Ukrainians to stock up on supplies and evacuate hard-hit areas. Russia has been pummeling Ukraine's power grid and other infrastructure for weeks. 
The onslaught has caused major widespread blackouts and deprived millions of Ukrainians of electricity, heat, and water. The head of Ukraine's power grid operator says the attacks have damaged practically every thermal and hydroelectric power plant. In another development, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen announced $4.5 billion in aid to bolster Ukraine's economic stability and support core government services. And the Thanksgiving travel rush is on. More from ABC's Derek Dennis. Traveling this Thanksgiving? You're not alone. AAA predicts nearly 49 million people will hit the roads, up 0.4% from last year. American Delta and United all expect to serve about 6 million customers this week. James Sullivan and his wife flew out of Chicago O'Hare on Monday and said freedom from the pandemic spurred their travel. There's going to be a lot of people that miss families, such as we did, you know, for a couple years. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg says airport delay and cancellations should be minimal. Definitely in better shape than we were this summer. Derek Dennis, ABC News. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.